Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Jeremy. Hi, I'm Kaylee. And I'm Jeremy. (laughs) And when we're not checking our closet for monsters, we're hosting a paranormal comedy podcast. It's called According to an Idiot. Do you want a disturbing tale? You can tell all your friends around a campfire and everyone wants to invite you to their campfires because they know you as the cool campfire tale guy. Well, guess what? We got good news for you. Each episode, we explore the unexplained. Conspiracy theories. Urban legends. Cryptids. Scary ghosts. I I mean, I'll teach you something for sure. This is useful? No, but you'll know some fun party facts. However, if you're listening to our podcast, you probably aren't invited to a lot of parties. That's very true. So if you like getting scared, put us in your ear holes and take a nosedive into the unknown. That's good. According to an idiot. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Count Dracula sleeps in this coffin, but rises every night at sunset. Chick is right. This is awful silly stuff. Come on, take it all out. The nation's top comics, Abbott and Costello, petrified, but hilariously. Plus the dangerous and terrifying Wolfman, played by Lon Chaney. Plus that fiend out of a nightmare, the vampire Batman, Count Dracula, played by Bela Lugosi. Plus the most dreaded creature of them all, the Frankenstein monster, played by Glenn Strange. Plus a couple of luscious but designing females in the spookiest laugh fest on record.
All right, guys, welcome to the last installment of the Universal Monsters series number 10. This is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Truly saving the best for last. Yeah, well, I'm your host, uh, Jimbo, and this is my co-host. The scruffy, grubbly, because I am experiencing that winter. If I didn't know any better, they could make a monster movie out of Terrence. Probably so, at this um, point. Be uh, the sleeping Terrence. Sleep, sleeping Terrence. <laughs> Um, this is the Tragedy of Cinema podcast, and for this episode, we're not going to walk through the movie because it's it's been a while, and we want to wrap it up, and we're going to have fun with this one, and then we have a wrap-up episode that'll be released after this. Yep. So we're just going to cut loose and have fun with this one, be a little goofy. So Plus, it was a fun, goofy movie Basically, like every other show we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, Terrence, let's go ahead and take it away. Let's get it going. All right. Release date, June 15th, 1948. Now here are This is where it gets ridiculous. This is, this is where it's very interesting. So this movie was made for less than eight hundred thousand. So this is the second cheapest film to be made in nineteen forty eight, but it was the second highest grossing film for that year. And why don't you tell us what that gross was, Terrence? Because everybody so get ready. Keep in for mind eight hundred thousand dollars is what eight hundred thousand under eight hundred thousand. That's, that's the budget. That's the paying the actors, that's everything. That's a that's a uh, that's an independent film budget, right. which is an incredibly low. Right. So now let's go ahead and hear they it. made three point two million dollars. So to give perspective, um, Eight hundred thousand in that time. We're looking at uh, eighteen point five million if you count for inflation. Yeah, let's inflation that. Uh, what they and made. then so three point two million is what they made. Thirty four million. Good gravy. Yeah, so they definitely made their money back. <laughs> no, with no, this I don't movie. think so. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do some Comic Core math on that one because I am not sure if that's right. So this, uh, yeah, this was. And you know what? This, it is so. It's such a good movie. It it's, is. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, Abbott and Costello are perfect in it. Especially if you've you've watched and liked the Universal movies. Oh, and the monsters. Just watching yeah, this just, is so just. great. Um, <laughs> so this was directed by Charles Barton. Uh, the writing credits goes to Robert Lees for the original screenplay, Frederick I. Rinaldo for original screenplay, and John Grant for original screenplay, and Mary Shelley. Uh, characters on credit. She uh, wrote Frankenstein. She wrote Frankenstein. Uh, Bram Stoker credits. Who wrote Dracula. Who wrote Dracula. And uh, technical specs runtime an hour and twenty three minutes, so just under you know hour. But 30. it's such but, a fun oh, watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, sound mix mono, Western Electric recording, color black and white. Aspect ratio one point three seven by one. Laboratory Universal Studios Laboratory USA. No surprise. Negative format thirty five millimeter. Cinematographic process spherical. Printed film format thirty five millimeter. And now off to the. Awards. <laughs> I always want to go charge. <laughs> so, um, this one we're jumping straight into the Academy Science Fiction Fantasy and Horror Films USA. So, so uh, I wish it was on more than just this because. But, it's, but, but it's you know, but so you know great. what? To even be included into that DVD collection because um, there was a controversy that they don't think it should have been added into there. And That's I true. said it so totally should have been in there. And so it's in a couple different uh, collections. So uh, in 2018, it won the Saturn Award for Best DVD Collection, Blu-ray Collection for the Dracula Collection. So it's the Dracula Complete Legacy Collection, which includes this movie. In 2017, they won the Saturn Award for Best DVD Collection, Blu-ray Collection. And this one is for the Frankenstein a complete legacy collection, mm. and then they were also nominated uh, the Saturn Award for the Wolfman Complete Legacy Collection. So, 
Well, it's because movie, it's because they were all they were all in this movie. Yeah, in this so, movie, and they were big, you know, big. Roles why not capitalize movie. on all that money it made? You know what I mean? So Some they were. Collections to this sell one movie more. was included in each of these collections. So if you bought all those collections, you have three copies of Alan Abbott and Costello. That's right, because I would wear <laughs> one out. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, finally in 2015, they were nominated for Best DVD and Blu-ray Collection. And this is for Universal Classic Monsters Complete 30 Film Collection. Uh, now, I wonder if in those 30 films, it includes every single Abbott and Costello. Because I do believe there's I don't Abbott believe Costello, so. Meet the Invisible Man. Yeah, The Mummy. Uh, the Mummy. Um, uh, I don't believe so. I'll have, we'll have to check. Yeah, I'll have to look into the, what was in those that, that collection in particular. And then finally, we have the National Film Preservation Board. 2001, it won the National Film Registry. I'm glad they preserved this one because oh, yeah. I'd love it to pieces. So, synopsis. Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, and the Wolfman make a return to the big screen as Abbott and Costello portray two freight uh, handlers who must deliver these precious packages to their owner. Shenanigans ensue. And boy, do they ever. Oh, man. <laughs> We're getting ready to talk about so, some of them. But <clears throat> I, guess, I just want to start off by saying, like, the Abbott and Costello, it, it's almost—it's a lost art of comedy. Oh. Because, because okay, so they, they it's the perfect harmony of both slapstick and wordplay. Because you have slapstick, but it's not to, like, an, the over-the-top slapstick. You know right. what I mean? And at the same time, you get such wonderful wordplay And they're so the subtle. <laughs> and, and there's the subtle jokes, there's the more on-the-point jokes, and it just... They really nail it. And, and they play off oh, of each other man. so well because the one guy is always just so He's serious. very stern and serious. So serious. I mean, he always has some so... lines, but Costello, man, that guy, he would be me if I was in there. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, uh, one is like... Um, uh, oh, what was one? Uh, one of the lines, he's like, oh, all right, uh... I'll check outside. You check in the basement. He's like, no. And he's like, fine. You check in the basement. I'll check outside. And he's like, all right. And he's like, ah, it worked. <laughs> <Got> <laughs> uh, let's go and get some of the cast. Uh, of course, Bud Abbott uh, plays uh, Chick Young. And you'll hear him say, uh, Costello being Chick. Half the uh, Luke Costello as Wilbur Gray. Lon Chaney Jr. reprises his role as Larry Talbot and the Wolfman. Famous Bella Lugosi. Returns as Count Dracula, masquerading under the guise of Dr. Lejos. Now, something about that. This is the last film uh, Bela Lugosi would do for a major studio. Yep. Uh, and that, that is a, a little thing we found And you could before. tell he's a little bit older in this uh, oh, yeah. than when he was. Um, but this, is what, this was one that shocked me. Although he played other vampiric roles, this is only the second and the last time that he would play Count Dracula. Yeah. So we've covered his first, and his, and his there's only two roles that yeah. he played Dracula. Now, this is the one I wish they could have got Boris Karloff. And we'll I talk, really do we'll talk in the notes about uh, what he did. But uh, Glenn Strange was Frankenstein's monster. Uh, Lenore Albert has Dr. Sandra Mornay. She played Fantastic oh, Two. Oh, yeah. Jane Randolph has John Raymond. And when, <laughs> or when uh, Wilbur's got them two fighting over him. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, we'll get to it. Um Let's see. Frank Ferguson as Mr. McDougal. Uh, Charles Bradstreet as Professor Stevens. And yes, even the one that Terrence didn't know at the very end of the movie, as they're rowing away in the boat, there's a voice. And it is the Invisible Man. And he is none other than Vincent Price. So hilarious. uh, It's fantastic. So um, basically, Abner Costello have these crates that are being shipped to this supposedly... Um, museum, <laughs> horror museum, and uh, they're they're freight handlers. So their goal, the guy wants them to deliver them there, not to open them, and then get them uh, 
to that place, and then uh, the Wolfman, which is Larry Talbot, he's like, "Do not under any circumstances, do yeah. not open them, do not deliver them, <laughs> don't do anything till <laughs> I get there." Yeah, that uh, where he calls him, he's like, "It's a call from London," and he's like, uh, "Oh man, is this call collected?" Yeah. Like, no, oh good. Okay, we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically, um, what's in the crates is uh, Dracula's casket and the Frankenstein monster. You come to find out, um, yeah. And they're the basically they're trying to revive Frankenstein, and they're going to put uh, <laughs> a new brain into their and, to, and, and then a Wilbur and is like the Wil- perfect brain. And it's for Wilbur's it. brain. Oh, and what Chick doesn't or Chick doesn't understand in this movie is the lady that's trying to seduce him is just wanting for his brain to get him back to the laboratory to put in Frankenstein. What, what I find hilarious and uh, and funny is um, in the entire movie, I, I lost my train of thought here. Well, I'm going to go throw this out here because I think one of the funniest moments in the movie is now you have. Um, you you got the girl that likes him, and then you have the doctor that's uh, so. There's two girls after him. Yeah. So you have um, Jane, uh, Joan, and you have Sandra, and so they're both fighting over him. And and Chick just can't believe what he's seen. He's like, "What do you have that I don't have?" And one lady gets like brains, right? Yeah, right. So the best one of the funniest things of the movie is uh, they're getting ready to go to this ball, if you will, this masquerade yeah. ball or whatever, and. Uh, they're both there, and uh, are like, "Oh, I got two women." Well, Wilbur's like, "I got two. and and, and uh, Chick's like, "Hey, um, the best thing comes in threes. Yeah, he's like, "The best thing comes in. Let's say you had uh, three women. Let's say you had uh, Joan, and you had uh, Sandra, and you had Mary." Well, he's like, he's, he's like, like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "So Sandra I have three like, women." Well, he's, the, who's, he's like, who's, the, who's the third one? He's like, "Ah, let's call her Mary." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "So you, so you have three women, right?" He's like, "You don't need three women." He's like, "You're right." He's like, "You would give me one, wouldn't you?" He's like, "Sure, I would." He's like, "All right, who do I get?" He's like, "You cannot marry." <laughs> So the one that's not even just made up. I was cracking up so hard. My favorite scene that just had me cracking up laughing was uh, when they're inside the. They're on the island. Of, Don't talk uh, about the famous castle. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, because um, I got something to say about that one. Uh, it, no, no, it's when he goes. He accidentally goes in the trap door, <laughs> and then he's like looking around. And he hasn't realized that Frankenstein's monster is just sitting there, you <laughs> know, lying dormant. And he calls him Junior. He calls yeah. him Frankie. Um, but he, so he's looking around in this room, and then he just sits down in a chair, not realizing he's sitting down right on Frankenstein's monster's lap. And then he's sitting there, and then he's kind of like you know fiddling around and stuff like that. And then he finally puts his arm on the armrest, and he sees the arm. <laughs> and this is so wonderfully done because like. You can tell what's going through his head just by all the movements he's doing. So he's like, he's looking at the hand, he's looking at his two hands, and then he, he counts them, and then he you see him count on his fingers the three hands, <laughs> and then he starts hitting the hand, and then he hits his own hand to make sure he doesn't have three <laughs> hands, and he's like, ow! And then what? he realizes he's sitting on Frankenstein. So the scene in which Wilbur is unknowingly sitting on the lap of Frankenstein's monster required multiple takes because they allowed <laughs> Costello to improvise wildly. All A lot of this stuff is improvised. And that he would he would sit on his lap and he would start sliding down just the way he was able. He would just start sliding down. And they said that, that the, the monster, the strange was just... Um, Cracking up the entire time, you know. If you if you Did watch, there's still there's still a scene where you just see a little. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, watching man. it over and over, I laugh every time I see this movie. That would be one of the movie. This one would be like really fun to be on set. This is one I guarantee like oh. everybody had fun, and I bet they movie. improvised whatever they wanted. <laughs> I, that, I would love to see all the lost footage because I bet oh, there's some man. hilarious stuff that didn't even make this, it. This into is the film. this is a movie I wish that they had outtakes for because right. you know there's a bunch. Uh, Lou Costello, believe it or not, Wilbur. 
did not want to make this movie. Really? Declaring, no way I'll do that crap. My little girl could write something better than this. Uh, I was like, whoa. A $50,000 advance in his salary and the signing of a director, Charles Barton, the team's good friends, and the man whom some call their best director, convinced him otherwise. And if you look at the payday, I'm pretty sure oh, he yeah. was I mean, okay that, They basically they made a bet. They're like, this movie's going to make it. And we're right. going to pay you because we know it is. Originally, they wanted to have the mummy in the movie, too. But it was it was dropped. I was like, I wish Boris Karloff would have just been in there somewhere. You know oh, what I mean? I know, man. Because that would, to me, that would have been the so, perfect... So do we have any bit of, like, why Boris Karloff Yes, I have doesn't... something. It's a little bit later in my okay, notes. Okay, gotcha. We'll get there. Um, but, but this movie, for many years, was banned in Finland. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's because were the doctors finish? You know what I mean? I don't know if it was... Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I will say... Um, one of my favorite uh, supporting... I mean, besides seeing Tabit, because, I mean, the, he's an incredible actor. Um, Fantastic. But I really liked the uh, the woman who played Sandra. Like, the character Sandra was really great up until she turned and then she was boring. But, right. like, um, like, she was so sassy and, like, like just defiant. And she's like, what time end. will you pick me up, Wilbur? <laughs> I, what, like, I loved, uh... what I loved was just how defiant she was. Because everybody is just terrified of Dracula. And then Dracula's like, I'm not accustomed to not having my orders followed. And then she's all like, uh, well, you get used to it. Or something yeah. like that. She's just so snappy. <laughs> yes. And uh, I thought it was great. And then, then he had to put it under his control via, you know, biting her and turning her into, you know, whatever it is he turns women into. Um but yeah, no, she she was a great character. I, I think she was well written up to the point, you know, she she got taken over. All right, here you go. I found it. Uh, Boris Karloff refused to play the monster, but as a favor to Universal, he agreed to do publicity for the film. Huh. As long as he didn't have to see it. <laughs> what? In several photos taken by Universal's publicity department, he is seen standing in line purchasing a ticket at a theater in New York City where the film is playing. And in other stills, he is shown admiring the poster art for the film outside the theater lobby. Karloff later starred with Bud Abbott and Lou Costello in uh, Abbott and Costello Meet the Killer Boris Karloff in 1949, as well as Abbott and Costello Meet Dr. Jekyll Miss Hyde in 1953. Huh. <coughs> so there you have it. So he wasn't in Abbott and Costello Meet the Mummy. No. Hmm. So then they have someone. Well, uh, then again, they must have a different mummy. I mean, because they did, they kind of did the same with the Invisible Man. Like the Invisible Man that they encounter uh, in that movie isn't Claude Rains, obviously, because right. he's most definitively dead. So the, it, uh, and they actually you know mentioned that. Well, not really, um, because uh, Phantom of the Opera that he was just in. You talking about the actor? No, not the actor. I'm talking about the character. Oh, okay, okay. The, the character in the Invisible oh, Man. Okay. Um, not not the actor for sure. Uh, no, no, definitely the character. Um, you know, is dead. So they have a different character portray- who becomes invisible and becomes or a new this invisible was be- man. Was this before the no, invisible is thirty three. It was after because uh, they do mention in the movie, um, you know, the prior events of the other movie. But anyway, right. Um, Ian Keith was originally considered for the role of Count Dracula because he was part of the Dracula movie in nineteen thirty one. Because Universal wasn't interested in using Bela Lugosi for this film. Mm. Uh, according to the famous film historian Gregory Mank, Lugosi's manager met with the head of Universal and shamed him into giving uh, Lugosi the role by saying he is Dracula. You owe this role to yeah. Lugosi, which I absolutely yeah. totally agree with. At least yeah. offer it to him, yeah, because he made it. I what think that's, it is. that's always such a like a uh, such a sneaky snake move to always, and it happens throughout just casting in general in both. 
uh, you know, acting and even voice acting where, like, they'll just try to completely circumvent someone who's portrayed a character for so long and uh, not even offer them the role or even offer them the chance to audition for the role. Right. And a huge example of this, um, and I I won't divert too much because this is, like, terribly off topic. Do not talk about video games. It is. No, we're not going to video games. Stop. 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 We're done. (laughs) We're moving on. It was the same situation. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same situation. Right. Um, They wanted to cast somebody else as the main character and uh, they completely went behind his back and then he had to come back and be like what's the big deal let me audition at least now that you have turned off everybody but millennials to the podcast (laughs) we will continue (laughs) all right uh grateful deads jerry garcia do you know who that is i do okay i want to make sure you young pup (laughs) uh Cited this movie as one that initially terrified him when he saw it as a small child. His father had died less than a year previously, and Garcia had trouble watching it. Subsequently, he became fascinated with the film's three monsters, and they were a major inspiration for him to become, in addition, a musician, a filmmaker, and an artist. Pretty awesome. So he took a memory, you know what I mean? And So a nice little bit of information for all you deadheads out there. <laughs> So, what, where is this episode gone? We went from <laughs> The Grateful Dead to video games to Abbott and Costello. Um, although the characters had previously appeared in House of Frankenstein in 1944 and House of Dracula in 1945, this is the only universal film where Larry Talbot and Dracula share both a scene and dialogue. And they're great. They're both great. Which one do you like better? Oh, are you talking about uh, just, just, uh, between just, the two? Yeah. Between... between uh, the Wolfman, basically, and Dracula, Dracula between Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. Not Boris Karloff. Uh, <laughs> Lon Chaney Jr. Oh, man. Um, they're so iconic, dude. I don't know. You know, it's funny because I like them for two completely different reasons. Like, uh, like Dracula's best, you know, when he's portraying Dracula in this menacing, uh, especially when he's like, you know. In, in- <laughs> Speaking of that, <laughs> before you go on, the scene in the movie where Frankenstein's chasing them and they go out that doorway and then here comes Costello oh, yeah. out with, with the game. He's like, back! Back! <laughs> he thinks and he's Dracula. And he's wearing it. He's like, he goes, huh, he yeah. thinks I'm Dracula. <laughs> yes, Master. He's like, oh, he thinks I'm Dracula. And then he starts chasing him again. I, I like the part where uh, they barricade the door and he's like, that should work. This will this will keep him out. And then it turns out the door's a pull door not a push door. <laughs> so there's just so many little so things. He just opens the door uh, Abbott's gone, and then it takes Costello a moment to look over and be like, "Oh crap! There's the monster. I should run too." <laughs> uh, now this is a this is a, this is one of the the saddest things I've I've read. Well, I don't want to say saddest, but I, I think it's it's a disgrace. Well, I don't want to say disgrace. So I'll just let you make up your. You let All me know right, what you say. That. Despite having worked for Universal for many years, makeup artist Jack Pierce, which we have talked about in every Universal Monster yeah. episode, was not under contract, but merely an hourly employee. With the changeover from Universal to Universal International came a desire to expedite movies and save money. Pierce was let go, and Bud Westmore and Jack Cavan's more cost-effective rubber appliances were used in place of Pierce's more time-consuming designs. The rubber head appliance that Glenn Strange, who played uh, Frankenstein, uh, wore was so waterproof and fitted him so tightly that after a few hours under the hot lights, he could shake his head and hear the sweat rattling around inside it. You know, it's funny because as I was watching, I'm like, there's something off about, like, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Well, I guess since you're so used uh, to seeing Boris Karloff playing, Yeah, too. and also, the, the, it turns out, the entire the makeup, makeup design. Because, uh, obviously, he, he looks amazing in the Frankenstein movies. Oh. And then, like, he just, he's so off. Like, I 
at first I couldn't put my finger on I'm like, I know it's not uh, um, Karloff. Karloff. I know it's not Boris Karloff. I know that for a fact. But, like, something was off about the costuming, too. Right. And I was like, this has to be a different costume. Like, the head just looks so weird. Like, doesn't look like Frankenstein. And you, I mean, I know it's Frankenstein's monster, but it doesn't look like Frankenstein's monster. Turns out it's just because it's a rubber headpiece. Right. And and I think it's said that somebody that has been with you this whole entire time. I mean, it and was talented. It, it only cost skilled. it yeah. only cost eight hundred thousand dollars to make this movie, and he's an hourly employee at this time. Yeah, I guess maybe if he said, "Hey, I'll do all this for this price," instead of you know maybe his hourly rate yeah. was because of the hours it took to do the makeup. You know what I mean? Yeah, but still, uh, yeah, that's that is pretty sad, right? Just because he's such a skilled um, uh, makeup. Quentin Tarantino has cited this film as a big influence on him on how to blend different genres. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Right. Um, that's interesting. I didn't even think about it in that way. To be yeah. like, wow, this movie perfectly blended. Would it comedy, comedy, and horror, and, horror and wow, uh, that's yeah, yeah, that, that's blown away, awesome. huh? Um, and this is another great one. Actress Lenore Albert did all of her own stunts, including her own screams. Um, also, the laboratory scene where the monster played by Glenn Strange and Lon Chaney Jr. picks up Sandra. Uh, who was Albert and carries her to the skylight window to throw her through it uh, Albert wanted to do the stunt uh, and its completion and be tossed through the window made of sugar it was made of sugar however director Charles Barton and the head of the studio Robert Arthur who were persuaded by Albert to do all of her own stunts explained that uh, to her that they were nervous and scared for her safety while the men took caution to not Albert get hurt in any way uh, they could not let her be tossed through the window because the motion picture insurance company would never allow her to do it it was a good thing she didn't do it uh, the stunt, uh, because the stunt woman, Helen Thurston, when tossed through the sugar window, fell on her right hip uh, due to the fact that the cable wire she was attached to was given too much slack. Oh. So, so I wonder if somebody got in trouble on set that day. Oh, I know, right? But can you imagine if that was like the, the lady, the main actress? Yeah, that was a pretty hilarious scene. I was funny she because it just... Her up it and just I'm like... Me- you know what's going to happen, but at the same time, like as I'm watching, I'm like, is he going to throw her out the window? Well, it's just, <laughs> just, just pays homage to the, the old window. Frankenstein movies, you know what I mean? Like when just throwing people, just throwing people off the top of windmills, <laughs> off of the, you know, off End the top of, of the, off the, yeah, off the top of the, uh, the laboratory and Brian oh, Frankenstein, man. you know. Uh, and last but not, I think this is last. Let me double check. Uh, yes, last but not least, the Glenn Strange, who was playing Frankenstein's monster, as yep. we have stated. Uh, was shooting one day and he tripped over a camera cable and broke his ankle. Oh, geez. <laughs> Ironically, uh, Lon Chaney Jr., who was playing the Wolfman, wasn't working that day, so he put on the Frankenstein makeup and outfit and filled in for Strange. This was a scene where Dr. Mornay gets thrown through the window. Oh, wow. So Chaney wound up playing two monsters in this movie. <laughs> How about that? What that kind of actor cool. could pull that off, too? Two monsters. Not yeah. just one, but two. So Terrence... As we're wrapping up the Universal Monster series, let's go ahead and get your thoughts on this last movie. That this one's fantastic. I laughed so much. <laughs> Once again, I I super enjoy the the perfect blend of slapstick and wordplay, the banter, just everything. It works Again, so you know, well. What, what the audience doesn't know, what's even the funniest part about this that you guys don't know as Terrence was watching Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man, I think. Was it Invisible yeah, Man? So he was, watched half so that movie tired. and realized he was watching the wrong movie, <laughs> was, but he was enjoying it. So I was so tired that like <laughs> I was like, okay, I got to watch this for the podcast. And then um, 
I was borrowing Jimbo's voodoo to watch uh, to watch this movie, and uh, I went to click on Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, but they were right next to each other. So I accidentally clicked <laughs> Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man. How long did you make it before <laughs> I you really like thirty minutes into that? Movie. <laughs> but you were enjoying it, right? And I was enjo- I was highly enjoying it. I thought it was a collaboration of all of them. <laughs> Which, it's funny because he does make an appearance at the very end of Avenue Castell right. and Frankenstein, but I thought this was like the build-up to and it. I, and I wonder if that's a spinoff of this movie. I'd have to look at the dates because it made so much money. They're like, hey, let's go yeah. keep cashing the cow. You know what and I mean? that one's, it's, even though I only saw the first 30 minutes, it's just as funny. Oh I love I love this movie. Abbott and Costello, I've been watching them for years. I love Africa Screams. If you've never seen it, watch that one. That is hilarious. Um, but, you know... I love the fact that they wanted to get together and pay homage to the Universal Monsters. I wish Karloff would have played the mummy. I really do. Yeah. I really do. I really wish somehow they would have th- like they would have turned one of the ladies into the Bride of Frankenstein just for a split second, you know what yeah. I mean? Or even dressed up like one of them at the Masquerade Ball just to throw more homage to the people. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I love the the they gave Bella Lugosi the chance to be Dracula one last time for all the and fans. He, he killed it. Oh man, he still has that he still demands attention when he's on the screen. Absolutely. And I love Lon Chaney Jr. He's probably my favorite Universal Monster actor. He's such a good uh, actor. I mean, and it's, and uh, we will have to watch, uh, we will have to watch The Abbott and Costello meets Boris, the killer Boris Karloff because he actually plays Boris Karloff in the movie. (laughs) So, um, but man, I I don't know if it stems from the beef that he had with maybe Lugosi or something. You remember, I don't, there was something. Oh, yeah. I don't know, but. It could be just him or or I wouldn't even be surprised if it was. Or maybe he was just like, I'm done. Universal executives. Maybe he's just like, I'm done being typecasted as this thing. I'm not coming back. Maybe I mean, if you remember, he was got in that the mummy rap scene or whatever, and they didn't even sh- you only seen a few seconds of him in it, but it took like what eight hours wrapping him up in oh, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go back and listen to our Universal Monsters mummy episode. Um, but man, I can watch this over and over, and I and I will still crack up at the antics of Chick and uh, Wilbur every single time. Chick. Abbott and Costello, Chick. you know, I wish Chick. I wish there was a, a, a movie. Where Abbott and Costello meets the Three Stooges, meets Laurel and Hardy, because I would have just loved that, you know. Because Laurel and Hardy are more like Abbott and Costello, you know. They're yeah, they're they both get into some crazy shenanigans, and then oh, yeah. you just have the Three Stooges on top of it all. You know what I mean? So, fantastic movie. Um, I think it was the perfect since we were so serious, <laughs> as serious as we could. You know, there's funny parts, but. Um, by doing the Universal Monsters, Terrence seen ten movies that he's never seen before, uh, and he's enjoyed them. And you'll find out on our wrap up episode, you know, some of his thoughts, some of the awards that we gave out. We yep. call them the tragedies uh, to spin <laughs> off the Dundies from the Office because uh, we're big Office fans here. So, Love um, the also you'll be hearing. Uh, you heard one last episode, and you'll hear one. Um, I don't know if it'll be in uh, this episode or the next episode, but we have some. Uh, uh, other podcasts I'm going to be playing the trailers for at the beginning, yep. so don't don't uh, you know lose your mind if you hear uh, uh, podcasts because I made some podcast friends and I thought it was only right that if they're going to play my promo, I'm going to play theirs Absolutely, to get more yeah. listeners. And then um, the, I'll go ahead and put here that we have a couple of reviews. Uh, thank you for sending them in. We are I'm holding off on those because I want to do it on a regular in our episode. Main so it will episodes. be next week when we cover Forrest Gump. I am so excited. You a big one, guys. Forrest Gump. I am so excited uh, for Tom this movie. Right. Uh, so if you have any reviews or emails that you want to send in, uh, and don't forget to tell us what Universal Monster movies you like, didn't like your order, yeah. uh, we will read them on the air. We, we, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do that next week with Forrest Gump so we get back on a little regularly scheduled programming. Yep. 
Um, then we have some special things planned uh, the next couple months. So uh, be on the lookout. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. When are we going to reveal that? Uh, I feel hey, like, hey, I feel like hey, the past hey, couple hey, episodes. Hey, hey. I know we're not going to reveal it now. I just feel like the past couple episodes. Uh, we're just... Maybe uh, let's shoot for maybe Black Friday. Maybe we'll do a special intro on Black oh, Friday. Okay, maybe, we we'll, maybe we'll build it. Maybe we won't. <laughs> uh, or Cyber Monday. <laughs> uh, whatever. Hey, maybe whenever we get time to actually sit down and say something about it. <laughs> so uh, be on the lookout for that. And I think uh, this was fun. Uh, we're wrapping up our Universal Monsters, and I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, let us know. And I think the Universal Monster Series is coming down to a close, and that's a wrap. And, and cut. cut.